So over the past few days, I've been actually uh, rethinking, Not re uh, I've been going over in my head some of the reasons why I didn't like Life is Strange True Colors. And I was curious if anyone else had the, the same thoughts as I did. And I found one YouTube video about one guy being like, Life is Strange, True Colors sucks. And it was not good because it was just like, I don't like gay people. And it's like, not why I didn't like that game. Uh, you know, uh -oh. like, I, like <laughs> you, can't, you found the dark web. <laughs> yeah, I, I was I was like for a moment excited because I was like, yes, OK, I'm like someone else is on board with this confirmation with bias. Yes. Right. Yes. I was like, am I going crazy or no? Right. And then this guy was just like the worst. Um but I was thinking about that, and then I was thinking about why I thought I was going to like it. And it's because one of my favorite movies of all time is Juno, if you're familiar. And uh, 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 my question for you, Justin, is this. Are there any of your like favorite movies or books or whatever that would correlate well with a video game, like a, a good video game pairing? Like, I, I so, think... Uh, yeah. Personally, there's this one book I, I, I like a lot. Um, it's about a little Hobbit, and I think mm, mm -hmm. uh, it'd be a really good adaptation just to like talk about this one character that lives in a mountain and likes riddles. I uh, I see what you mean. So you're saying that the Hobbit is going to pair very well with Lord of the Rings Conquest. Or Gollum. <laughs> oh, sure, sure. Or Lord of the Rings The Third Age ah, for the Nintendo yes, GameCube. Yes, 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 the classic. I believe that was, was it, what was the one that was Game of the Year in like the 80s or the 90s? <laughs> not the Third Age. I mean, no, maybe the First <laughs> oh, I think Age. It was the, the Hobbit. <laughs> the Hobbit, yeah, I think it was yeah, The Hobbit. Actually, Wait a second. Yeah. Wait, I don't think I've answered that question correctly. <laughs> I would say, I could also say uh, Ex Machina pairs very well with Detroit Become Human. Oh, now wait. Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah. Because Ex Machina, I think, is a very interesting, intriguing conversation yep. about sentience and artificial intelligence. And Detroit is really not. But I think that it's interesting to see why something like Ex Machina works yeah. where Detroit does not. Yeah. Um, a fun one. I read um, uh, Project Hail Mary by Andy Weir. The guy who made uh, The Martian. Oh, okay. Great. By the way, movie of The Martian, real good. Book Is of The it? Martian, also real good. Highly okay. recommend both. Uh, Project Hail Mary, some weird parts at the end. They, I don't want to, spoiler alert, but uh, some cannibalistic things in there. Kind of oh weird. Oh, my gosh. But um, that is actually probably a direct spoiler. So, so anyway... Um, but uh, that would pair well with Prey because Project Hail Mary is basically about a Earth. Mm. He's a former. Te he was a former, like uh, NASA person. <laughs> There's a better name for that. Uh, <laughs> he's a smart guy. He was space. like a, a scientist. Yeah, sure. okay. let's just say he was a scientist yeah. who left because and he was doing all this study on like uh, uh, on that life. He was an alien scientist. There's a better name for that, of course. But um, Xena, Xena, Xenologist, Xenologist, Xenomorph. So those were some good <laughs> book, movie, video game pairings. We got <laughs> uh, mad interrupted <laughs> in this introduction. It's Hitbox. What's in the fucking box?
What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to Hitbox episode number 76. My Ooh, name trombones. is Peter. What was that? 76 trombones. trombones. Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah. Well played, well played, we well played. We well played. Um, fun fact I used to play the trombone when I was oh. in high school. I was okay at it. Oh, okay. Well, <laughs> uh, I tried to actually pick it up again recently because uh, I have a trombone in my band and I was like, I should, maybe I could record this. Uh, did not stick. <laughs> mm, <laughs> Played mm. the, the damn thing for like eight years of my life. Uh, really could not really make a toot out of that damn thing. <laughs> uh, but what can you do? Yeah. Is that what you have to do? Yeah. So when you're playing a trombone, do you actually have mm-hmm. to make the sound that you're making with the... N- no, no, no. So you like purse your lips up and then you go like just Dude. blow out. Yeah, like that. So when I was in grade school, um, mm-hmm. I wanted to play trumpet. So they gave me like the the mouthpiece and they're like, blow into this. And if you can blow into this, you can play trumpet. I couldn't. And the yeah. guy was like working with me for 20 minutes. Like, and I was like, no, he's like, no, all right, we're going to give you the oboe. And at that point, I was like, I'm not doing band. Yeah, no, that's fair. <laughs> that's 100 percent. Um yeah, it's, it's tricky, especially, I'll say this, trumpets, uh, very small mouthpiece. Got to ah, get those lips yes, yes, real yes. tight. With the trombone tuba, that thing basically almost fits over your nose. So, <laughs> like, yeah, um, as you most almost certainly guessed, my name is Peter Hunt, the trombone spitek. Uh, <laughs> and joining me is, as always, my wonderful co-host and friend, Justin Nobone Makovich. Actually, oh my gosh. That's not how I should oh, introduce wait, wait, you. Wait, 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 whoa, 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 yeah. whoa, whoa. <laughs> Oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. <laughs> I'm so sorry, uh, Justin McEvitt. How are you doing? I'm no so. Bone, I did not mean that oboe. to be. A, I did not mean for a, that to be a drag. An oboe? Is it better if you call me Justin the the flute? That sounds uh, gross. Uh, it's some like un. Yeah, and an oboe is not a fl- a flute too. Someone's probably upset. No, that's, that a, that's a reed that. instrument. Ah, the oboe what's an oboe? Has, no, the oboe is a reed instrument. Oh, the flute, the is, flute not. is a wind. Well, well, they're both wind instruments because hmm. <laughs> um, you blow into them. That's what a wind hmm. instrument is. But like an oboe has like a uh, 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 like a wooden little reed that you blow into, hmm. whereas a flute has a little opening hole uh, that you blow over, which is kind of weird. Uh, so today but we're going to be studying Gershwin's best work. <laughs> but hey, this is not a a uh, symphony podcast, although that would be quite fun. <laughs> I, it would um, be very one-sided, going to be frank. Uh, I'd rather you be Justin <laughs> for us to talk about video games today, because uh, th- some things happened over the past week or so. Um, we're going to be starting off by talking a little bit about Star Wars and the relationship of that IP to Respawn Entertainment, uh, as well as is dipping into Lego Star Wars um, with, what is that, TT? That's got to stand for something. TT Games. TT Games. It's not Telltale, obviously. I'm going to play a TT game. And then... um. We're going to talk about Microsoft and Activision Blizzard and a lot, lot more in between then and now. But before we get to all that, Justin, what you been playing this week? Anything fun? I played. It's a busy time for us. Yeah, it's always a busy time, but there's always a time for a video game, not playing as much as you want of them. But I was playing the new game uh, released for Game Pass from our good friends, our best friends. We talk to them every day. Always. At Drinkbox Studios uh, called Nobody Saves the World. Now, Peter, I've played this game for about four hours, and I've Mm -hmm. only just realized 
why it's called Nobody Saves the World. Is it... Well, in, a, in a My Chemical Romance song, one uh-huh. Gerard Way says, everybody wants to say uh, change the world, but no one. Right. No one wants to die. Is that is it a reference to that? Uh, no, actually, the main character is apparently called Nobody. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, liked, that's kind of fun. I went on the, 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 the Drink Lab website for it, and it said, so who is Nobody? You begin your adventure as Nobody, a pale, androgynous humanoid who wakes up without any memories or pants. Soon after, huh. you find a powerful magic wand, allowing you to change into many different fantastic forms. So... Is it, it? It's like an RPG, isn't it? Yes, yes. Um, it's like a dungeon crawler, much in the the vein of a boyfriend dungeon or mm-hmm. a, uh, I guess, kind of a Diablo. But it's like very like animated, cartoony. Um, if you've played a drink box game, you'll get the vibe. Not only is the art kind of beautiful, um, but it is. Um, uh, funny they have like a bunch of like just like humor throughout the whole thing uh like w- two of the characters you meet uh is like a scientist and her friend that's a mummy so the scientists will always like talk and they'll cut to the mummy's character who's just like mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and like literally it's just like mumbling in the okay. in the dialogue box and stuff like that so they have a ton of humor and these are the same people who did uh guacamole guacamole that's that's guacamole what i know them from um what's the one with the it's like the swiping so uh, there's two there's severed Severed, yeah, I played Severed. And then Tales from Space about a blob. Didn't do that one, but... That's, yeah, older one. So, but, um, okay. They're, they're pretty, like, well-known indie... Uh, I guess I guess they're still indie. Uh, indie company. Um, And uh, this is kind of, like, one of their things is that they seem to try to, like, to mess with a lot of different genres, um, mm-hmm. where Guacamole is, like, a, uh, a platforming, like, challenge game. Uh, 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 was not Sundered. Um, Severed, Severed was, like, a basically a swipe game that you just, like, would swipe through puzzles and stuff. Uh, this one is, like, a dungeon crawler. Um, and there's some rogue-like elements to it, but it's basically an RPG that you're leveling up your characters. And when you you don't really pick a class like i read in the description on the website you start off as this basic character named nobody and you have like a little slap move that's not very strong and then you find this wand and the wand allows you to become other forms for Hmm. example the first form you get to be is a little mouse and the mouse has i think curse damage that it does on its main attack but then also as you level uh, up that you get a big bite move um and you can also as that mouse get into small little places and then you unlock the next form, which is an archer. And after that, you unlock a knight. So basically, each of these forms you unlock is a different type of combat style. And they're all kind of fun in their own way. You have your basics like the knight and the archer. But one of them you can be is like a horse. And the horse is kind of a cool character because you attack with it by basically you attack backwards. So like it like does a back kick as its main attack. So you kind of have to position yourself behind enemies. And as they're like chasing you, you got to kick them as you're running away from them. Oh, that's kind of fun. And so, so basically, the, the whole thing is about, like, finding which of these types or the, these forms is the best for a specific combat encounter. Nice blanket, by the way. You're just pulling up the, <laughs> Thank you. the warmth blanket. He's got to cut it off. Yeah, you got to get, you know, gotta hear, let's hear about Nobody Saves the World. Yeah. Um, and um, on its surface, it's a pretty simple, like, kind of dungeon crawler game. Yeah. With the exception of you only can upgrade and level up by completing some like objectives, like some basic objectives, but mostly it's about combat requirements for each of the different forms you have. Like kill 30 enemies with your basic attack as the mouse. That gives you an upgrade. 
kill 50 enemies with your special attack for the night. That gives you another uh, level up to like upgrade and stuff. So it's really forcing you to kind of not only use all the different forms to level up, but like use different aspects of them. So if mm. I'm really happy with the horse character, I am incentivized to use other characters so I can keep leveling up and progressing in the game. So it's, cool. it's a good job of forcing you to change things. The, the thing that gets complicated about it and the thing that makes it kind of a hard sell for me um, is the eventually, as you progress in the game, you start getting enemies that only are affected by certain types of damage, um, whether it's curse damage, magic damage, uh, sword damage, bow damage. And you'll get like multiple encounters with multiple of these damage types, and you need to swap back and forth between your forms pretty quickly mm -hmm. in order to do that. So the ways you can do that is they have like a, a, a quick, you press the right button and a quick uh, wheel pops up. Yeah. And you can select the right one, which is kind of hard to get because I think you can have like eight forms in one little pop-up wheel. Okay, so yeah, like, so it's pretty precise. You, the game doesn't pause, so you're trying to do it quickly as these things are coming at you. So it's kind of cumbersome to do that. The other option is to pause the game, go into your menu, yeah, find okay. the form, click it, click it manually, unpause do that one thing pause again go back to the form click it so yeah. when while i was really enjoying the game at first what's really kind of pulling me out of it is this kind of stagnant combat loop style sure. thing so um ultimately though i'm enjoying it i'm enjoying that it's on game pass i'm enjoying that uh i the, the, the there's enough humor in it that's keeping me going with it um, and right now, you're, we were talking a little bit before recording how we kind of feel like we're right before the storm of all these new releases coming out. Yep. It's the perfect game to throw on. Yeah, there's a story going on about a wizard disappearing and this rot coming everywhere and whatever's happening. You find this wand, you're becoming a wizard or something stupid like that. But really, a lot of it is just about the combat, the interactions with the characters, leveling up your different forms and things like that. And as of now, I played again like about four hours. It is, you know, I'm enjoying it thoroughly. Uh, enough to keep playing it. Will I mm -hmm. keep playing it when other stuff comes out? I don't know. I don't think so. Uh, one thing that's really kind of difficult about this game is I've been playing a lot um, on either my... Um, uh, what is the, the controller that we got? The Backbone or the, the ESL? I've the... been playing on both the Backbone and the ESL one. And yeah. I started with the ESL one because I'm still like getting, getting the hang of that one. And the screen is like so small... On my phone, and I have a mm -hmm. big phone. I have a, a 13 uh, a Pro, right? Yeah. And the the actual, like, sprites are so small, it's hard mm. to place on that. So then I moved to the backbone, because that's just positioned in a way that you naturally keep the screen closer to your face. Yeah. But it's still really hard to kind of, like, play it on that. So obviously, um, I would not recommend this on a, like cloud streaming on your phone or a backbone yeah, okay. or a controller thing and i played it for most of the time so far on my tv and that's that was a much better experience because you could see everything but um it is definitely a fun game i would say personally i enjoy this game more than boyfriend dungeon which i really did like last year yeah um because i think the story is a little bit better um there's more consistent gameplay um the uh, actual uh, reason to switch your combat styles is a lot more fun. Um, and even the progression itself is pretty fun. So uh, overall, I hate to be this guy, but if it's not, you got Game Pass. It's on Game Pass. Easy. Put it on there. See what you, see what you think. Well, let me follow that up by uh, <laughs> talking about Rainbow Six Extraction, which is on Game Pass. What? Uh, which I, I would not like. I feel like there's going to be a theme in this episode. 
the Game Pass episode, the Game Pass extravaganza. <laughs> um, yeah, so I would not have probably picked this up had it not been on Game Pass. Gave it a try. I've played it on console and PC. Um, it is like they said, what if we did Left 4 Dead, but slower and like more stealth based, but also a little bit worse. Um, it's pretty fun. It's basically a game where you, uh, and two other operators in the same style as Rainbow Six Siege, um, go into these different environments and you have to complete objectives without alerting these parasitic, they're called like, uh, uh, Archaeans or something like, something like that, which are just like this, this parasite alien that showed up in New York city for some reason. Xenomorph. They're basically xenomorphs. Uh, I don't know if that was. Uh, did we say that before we took our little break? I was break looking for that word, and that's then, what it was. And, and then, then yeah. Uh, yeah, 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 yep, 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 yep. Uh, yeah. So, so your goal is to go in and do these missions. You tend to start kind of quietly, and then a- as things get hairy, it's like, well, time to pull out the shotguns, <laughs> you know. Yeah. Um, and what what's actually cool about it is basically each time you load into the game, um, you have one objective. And then you have the option to either go deeper and keep doing objectives, which gets you more experience points, which then you can upgrade better gear and then, you know, unlock more operators and whatever or extract. And you basically don't start off with a whole lot of health to mm. begin with. And you can never permanently heal yourself up. You can only mm. ever get little health boosts that'll that'll heal you for like 50 at a time. But it's not permanent. It's constantly ticking down. Oh, which is kind of cool let's because it really makes you think it makes you evaluate how your team is doing before you you press on sometimes Mm. things break bad right away and you say you know what we don't we shouldn't complete this objective we should just dip because what happens if you die the operator that you're using who has their own special tactical abilities and weapons and whatever uh you can't play as them until you do a rescue mission in the actual game itself to get them back onto your roster so it is really tense because it's almost like there's permadeath for the game. I mean, there is uh, where if your character dies, you have to go rescue them. You have to go rescue them, which is kind of cool. But uh, it, it makes things quite stressful and you have to really evaluate how your team is doing. Now, this game is not playable single player. Mm. And it's I've played it both with a group of two other people. Actually, with our good friends at Button Mashing 101. Um and then I've also played it with just one other person. Uh, it's more fun when you're playing with friends. It's Obviously, best when yeah. you're playing with three people because you can really communicate because some of those objectives require a little bit of coordination. Um, and so I'm there's not gonna... just no option for single player, though? Correct. Oh, cool, 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 cool. Which cool, I guess cool. makes sense because playing it with bots would be really unfun um, because you do have to sort of communicate about are we going to be going loud right now or are we trying to stay stealthy? But uh, I, I don't ever talk to people on the internet, like random internet strangers, because I just find that to be extremely stressful. Yeah. Um, so I don't do that. But the problem with Rainbow Six Extraction, in my opinion, are the actual aliens themselves or the parasites themselves, because their variety is not super great. It's not always super easy to tell which ones are like the special ones, because they all have very similar silhouettes and the worst ones are these hunchback 
kind of looking guys who have these big bulbous pods on their back that if you shoot them, they explode. That's a good enemy type. That's that sort of enemies in fucking everything. Yeah, right. The exploding gross pussy thing. Yeah, but. Yeah, that was. Yeah, I knew I'm sorry. I'm sorry, friends. <laughs> I, 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 it's late for <laughs> us here. Um, but there are they're everywhere. There's so many of them and they're just not fun to deal with because they explode and it alerts everyone in the area. Um, and there are two types, ones that explode and like it's a fiery explosion and then ones that explode in like a gas cloud. And then there's like a gas cloud for like five seconds. Uh, and because you cannot take much damage, they are the ones that are going to be damaging you most of all, because it's really hard to tell like how close they can actually be to you without you getting like really badly hurt. But, um, yeah, the enemy balance is just a little bit too much for me because it's not that well balanced. But I do like the ideas on display. I don't know if I'm really going to stick with it. I've actually played it a lot. I just I played it a lot over the weekend with some friends, but uh, I don't know if it's going to be the kind of game that I'm going to like return to. And I don't know if it's the kind of game that big, big fans of Rainbow Six Siege, because I know that game is hugely popular. I don't know if Extraction is going to be the kind of thing that those players are going to really be gravitating towards. So just uh, uh, pulling up the Metacritic score for this. Uh, it's like, what, red, 70? Yeah, but the red flag alert. What's Ooh. the red flag on Metacritic? User score. Tank. User score. So what is it? It's the 70 for the, the meta score and a 4.7 um, for the, the actual user score. Okay, that's actually really bad. What, what do people not like about this? That's um, 4.7. Yeah, it's low. It's a little bit better on the uh, what is this one? This is the Series critic? X is a six point oh. two, um, but it's still pretty low, and people seem to be tanking it. Um, it has the most on PC. Um, let's see. Uh, is this another one of those PC setting things where it's got that thing in the background running that's kind of so, fluctuating? Uh, this is actually quite. I, I re, this is repeated here. One says, "Which blade should final beats?" I don't know what language that is, but I was trying to read it, and yeah. it's hard when it's not English letters. You sounded like you were speaking backwards. Yeah, <laughs> I, was, I was going for that. <laughs> yeah, uh, but anyway, okay. uh, the the actual ones, other than what which blade said and whatever language that is, oh, expand for the rest of it. Still don't know that language. Um, it <clears> says <throat> basically this is like a DLC for a couple hours, not a full fledged product. Yes. Um, yeah. That's the thing. I was sort of, I you know, play. I played it for probably ten hours. I mean, maximum. And I've pretty much seen everything. I've not gone to all the yeah. different environments, um, but yeah, the this biomes, is the biomes, if you will. Yes, 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 yes. yes, yes. But um, yeah, I, it is not a full fledged game that I would really urge you to go out and buy. That said, it is forty dollars as opposed to sixty. So they knew they knew what they were doing, <laughs> which which does make it feel a little bit like, uh, you know, maybe just a pricey DLC. But it's, it's really I don't think it's going to be the kind of thing that really catches people's attention for that. So long. like with it being on like Game Pass, is it yeah. like I don't want to I, I want to be cautious here about like yeah. this might be a perfect thing for Game Pass. Is the game itself like a high quality game in terms of its like graphic and presentation or is it everything just like dumbed down simple? Yeah, no, I mean, it is it is a good-looking game. The environments are really nice. Uh, the the characters are... I mean, I, I don't care about the story for these sorts of games. So, like, anytime there's, like, a cutscene, I'm like, uh, skip, because it's not what it's about for me, and I don't <laughs> care about these individual, basically faceless operators, <laughs> right? But, um, yeah, the, the presentation's there. It, it is, and, and 
it's clear that like time went into it. I don't know. It's a Ubisoft game and I haven't really run into any like wildly crazy bugs or anything like that. So to me, that's sort of a win in itself, especially because on on PC, you have to play it through the fucking Ubisoft Connect. Oh, of course. Of course. I mean, I'm trying do. to play it with our buddy Josh and he's like, I don't think it's on Game Pass because it doesn't show up when you put it into the search bar um, oh. on PC. And I was like, no, it is. You have to go through this horror. You have to download Ubisoft Connect and whatnot. Um, We've all been there. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I mean, it is it is of high quality. But I think when you are saying this is the next thing for Rainbow Six Siege, uh, this is not Rainbow Six Siege at all. Really, really at all. Um, that, that's disappointing. Again, it probably seems more like it is like a mode of it rather than it actually right. being. Yeah. It, this, this to me, if they said this was an event mode, you know, that ended up getting its own perm like permanent uh, game mode in, in the same way that like a lot of, you know, shooters have done that. I would not really bat an eye at that because it it is relatively content light. But what can you do? What can you do? In addition to that, I finished uh, Horizon Zero Dawn this week. Uh, it's fine. <laughs> it's fine. It looks nice, but I don't think there's a lot of substance to it. Uh, I liked, there's a big fight with a giant bird towards the end there that I thought was really good. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Um, I, I thought the backstory of what happened was kind of interesting. I got a question, Justin, that you might know the answer to. Uh, and I've done no research on this at all. It shows you how much I really wanted to know. <laughs> so, like... Uh, here's some spoilers for Horizon Zero Dawn. If you are playing it in anticipation of Forbidden West, you're going to want to skip ahead. Uh, I'm going to say one whole minute. So it is revealed that humanity created the Robomech dinosaurs to, uh, or, or th that they, the reason why everyone is gone is because they let humanity die out, but then recreated it, right? Because the machines that they made were, were killing everyone. Justin, why did they make dinosaurs? Why were they dinosaurs? Is it just because dinosaurs are cool? Yeah, probably. Okay, because I couldn't like I like some of them look like they are, you know, military killbots that have like giant guns on them, and then like ninety five percent of them are just robotic dinosaurs. Yeah, well, I think part of it is that um, when when you're trying to create like highly advanced artificial life, uh, humans are very brittle creatures, and we don't want to create what looks like us because we would be afraid that they would be better than us. So there's one thing that we know for a fact, that humans have outlived dinosaurs. Um, I mean, we've seen all the, the images from the Bible of the dinosaurs oh, huh. with the humans on each other. Yeah. Um, <laughs> what and the fuck so... are you talking about? <laughs> I was like on board, and I was like, oh, I actually never thought of it like that. <laughs> you ever see the video, the, the, not the video, the picture of it's like an old school, like, Sunday school painting of Jesus and he's holding a little T-Rex. <laughs> um, it's it's accurate. It is the it is actually what Horizon Zero Dawn was based on. So, oh, got yeah. it. The Bible. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Okay. Okay. Well, I'm just going to assume that that answer doesn't exist or if it does, <laughs> uh, you can either tweet at me or keep it to yourself. I really it's not going to change my feelings about how I didn't really love Horizon Zero Dawn. Uh, I'm excited to try the sequel because it looks good and i mean like it looks like it might be taking some of the gripes i had and changing it um 
But yeah, I, I think it's interesting. Not that old, Horizon Zero Dawn, 2017. But in the yeah. grand scheme of things, that's five years ago. Yeah. And I think it feels like it is five years old. Um, it really is amazing because I think as much as people give Breath of the Wild shit, I really think that not not give it shit. How everyone says they compare things to Breath of the Wild. Yeah. I really think think Breath of the Wild was like this kind of turning point with open world games that since then, it might have taken a few years, a lot of like games have developed some of those qualities and like have ch- kind of changed how you play open world games in a way. Um because I think it was a game that was so ahead of its time back in 2017 or whenever that was, yeah. but like it was really revolutionary for you know I, I think a lot of things. So I I remember being frustrated with a lot of it at first after playing Breath of the Wild and then going to Horizon just because it wasn't that game. It's not really um, an open sandbox. It's yeah, it's more, not. Yeah. It's not. Um, and I also like uh, remember how the fast travel and it's stupid half the time for yeah. like half the game. Yes. Yep. So, yeah. Yes, I agree. Uh, but I will be curious to see if I like uh, Forbidden West. Um, it That is going to be very dependent on a lot of key factors. But, hey, you got Lance Riddick returning, and I'm a big fan of the man. Um, you got Carrie Ann Moss. She's going to be Ooh, in it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is she playing a dinosaur? Wouldn't that be great if they were like, and featuring. <laughs> Help me! <laughs> wouldn't it be great if it was like, and featuring... Uh, who's Doctor Strange? What's that guy's name? Benedict, Benedict Cumberbatch Cumberbutton. as Robo Dinosaur because you know he, he did <laughs> smog. He motion captured it <laughs> yeah. all himself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I, so I anyway, think I've said this on the podcast before, but uh, my fiance and I have a running joke that wherever he goes to audition for something, he brings the motion suit for them, <laughs> and they're like, "No, no, Benedict, you don't need that." You don't need that suit. He's like, oh, no, but I just put this on. Put this on. Wait, no, no, this is just a voiceover. You don't have to do anything. He's like, I got this. I got this. Let me just, let me try it out. Okay. Let me, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> That's pretty good. What, how That's... unnecessary. Yeah, I mean, do, do you think they used any of that? Probably. No. <laughs> they, they probably they were just like, were like, uh, let them just have fun. Let them do it. We'll just these aren't, pretend these, the cameras these are These cameras on. aren't plugged in. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, also, I got um, the Galactic Purple uh, DualSense controller. Oh, how many does that mean? How many do you have now? So that's number three, because I got Ah. my PlayStation 5 in a bundle, and I would have just gotten one and waited until new colors came out. Mm. But alas, I I was cursed with two. Um, Well, you paid for it. (laughs) Yeah, it really did. Um, But yes, so uh, it's it's a good-looking thing. Justin, in addition to all that, I've just dropped something in our, our chat here. Go ahead and check out your PlayStation wrap-up. I'm curious. Oh, so this is going to be embarrassing for several reasons. Me um, too, actually. Oh, just, I, I, I'm, oh, I'm not Peter Spitek. I see yours. Oh, is it, do you see that? There, if yeah, you go I'm, to the I'm bottom, there all might of it. be... I'm ruining, I, I'm ruining all of it. You're just um, seeing it all. I'm spoiled. Yeah. My yeah. bad, my bad, my right, bad. Let me, I'm going to copy and paste this into a different browser, and then I'm going to have yours pulled up for just a reference. Okay. Because I have a bad memory. That's perfectly fine. Um... So here's the thing. So this PlayStation wrap-up basically just takes a look at all your stats uh, from how you played, what sort of games you played, and how long you played them, and all that sort of stuff. And it uh, spits it right back out at you and says, here's what you did in 2021. And um, it's actually... I like this sort of stuff. I think this sort of stuff is fun. This didn't work for me for like a week there when it was first announced. But now uh, it seems to be in in functioning order. Do you have yours pulled up? Uh, I, I have to remember my password. Constant oh my struggle with me. Oh How am I gosh. an adult? Can we just talk about this for a second? How am I an adult? I'm a human adult. <laughs> you got this. I got it. My password is bubbles 
2247. Lowercase okay. two. Lowercase oh lowercase yeah, two. Yeah, lowercase two. It's like, you know, yeah. You ever think about how we don't have capital numbers? All the time. And then they, they try to joke with me and say that the uh cursive Q is just a big old two. And we don't have a lowercase two. Think about I it. I don't know Cur- enough about cursive, I think. Type too. in your cursive. Cursive capital Q. They're gonna look at me like Google is gonna flag me for being a weirdo. Uh, yep. 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 That's See? a two. Yeah, that, that is, is a, two. a two. Right there. That is a it's a big two old a two. Loop on it. Yep. yep. You're right. Justin, how many hours did you play your PlayStation consoles this year? Uh should be right at the top. Next to it. Okay. I, I, <laughs> it said click here to view your story. I was on yours. I was like, mine is identical to yours. <laughs> Strange. Uh, I played it for 405 hours, which seems, to be honest, seems like a lot for me. Sure. Because I really have not booted up the PlayStation that much this year compared to other things. Yep. Yep. No, that's that's fair. I. Okay. Now, hold on. Listen, y'all. This is my job, so don't judge me. Uh, I had 776 hours on PlayStation consoles this year. That's that's a few. That is a few. Uh, for me, 43% of that was with PS5 titles, and 57% of that was with PS4 titles. And I think that's interesting because, I mean, they're still making these PS4 games. You know what I mean? They're still yeah, cranking yeah. them out. Yeah, what you well, got? I was I was gonna I was gonna be like, there's no way I played my PS4 for that long. They're talking about the titles, so yeah, I played games. a lot of PS4 games on there. Makes sense, makes sense. Mine is 228 on the PS5 and 177 on the PS4. So that's like 66 ish percent on the PS5 titles, and then I I have a I have a number. I'm curious about yours. Um, how many hours did you play online, Peter? So this is absolutely incorrect. Because it says uh-huh. 38, which is 5% cool. of my total playtime. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then in the same breath, we're going to be just talking about Apex Legends here as it lists some of your most popular games of the year. Uh, and I played that for more than 38 hours. So do you want to know how many hours I played online according to this busted stat? Yeah, go ahead. One. Yeah, okay. And Probably I, accurate, to be honest. Like that, I'm going to assume that's that the one we shocking. played you and me together when we were doing the Back for Blood beta. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's probably <laughs> right. <laughs> that's um, probably it right there. Yeah, how many days out of the year did you do? That should be right underneath. Uh, 138. Uh, 243. Yeah, it's a lot. I play a lot of games. And again, I I think uh, one thing that I really miss about being teaching from home is that I boot up my PlayStation significantly less. I save it instead of playing it like you know four or five days a week. I really probably only play it on Sundays, maybe Saturdays. Yeah. I'm sure that comes up later, but um, or does it not? It does we'll not. Find out. Yeah, so it's uh, definitely um, something I haven't been like as active on this year. Yeah, 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 yeah. that makes sense. Uh, in 2021, I played 18 games on the PlayStation, uh, which seems low for the amount of hours I did, but who knows? Hey, Game Pass, man. Yeah, no, I mean, <laughs> like, I mean, Game really, Pass though, like, just, like I talked, so. I played like 50 games. Um, but those are because a lot of them you can just try out for Game Pass. Like yeah. I played Nobody Saves Saves the World this year. I'm not gonna yeah. probably beat it, but I played it. Yep, that's fair, 100. percent Moving right along, what? Uh, wait, how many did you get? Uh, 12. Okay, okay, but but in the same ballpark. I think yeah. this podcast helps because we have similar. Uh, we play a lot of the same games for to talk about whatever. But um, yet, oddly enough, none of our top five games are the same. I'm gonna. I'm willing to bet that they are absolutely not. So they're very different. 
in going in in from lowest to highest mine so i'll save the highest for end for the last uh number five percent of five strikers i played for 41 hours number four scarlet nexus i played for 52 hours i didn't realize i played it that long i mean Um, yeah and 27 of that was you just grinding for garbage for platinum yeah Yeah. i mean that was like that straight up that was probably 10 hours of grinding these same two fights anyway um number three ghost of tsushima director's cut makes sense for a whopping nice 69 hours nice um Number two, I was surprised that this actually wasn't number one, but now that I think back on it, it makes sense. Number two is Persona 5 Royal, which is 119. Um, and then number one, Apex Legends, mm, 171 yeah. hours. So my five, it's very sad. Um, Mass Effect Legendary Edition at 27 hours. Yakuza Like a Dragon, which is, I forgot I beat that this year or finished that. I played that for 29 hours and I played it some in uh, last year yeah, too. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Judgment. So I have two fucking Yakuza games as in my in my top five. Judgment. I played for thirty hours. Valhalla. I played for fifty seven hours. And boy, did I drop that fast! That's, that's I just, wild that you even played that much. I didn't realize. Okay, that I mean, I was that. on the road to platinum, and I was like, "Wait a second, this did is not going to happen." It? No, I didn't. I, it okay. was it was one of those things where um, I I was just trying to as I was going through it do every unlockable thing in the area just so I could like be yeah good with my time but it was just like at a certain point i was like there's no way this nope. is going to be no fun point to for it. me um and then near replicant at a 60 hour time mark dang so yeah that go. was my yeah can i say very surprising character progression for me personally for three out of five of these games to be like anime <laughs> hey, as someone who, know, who was um, not an anime person really oddly before. enough peter three out of five of mine are also <laughs> I, th- I think that's emblematic of our podcast yeah um, moving right along here, uh, and then we'll we'll get to real news in a second. <laughs> uh, I just, I think this is always interesting. Um, how many new trophies? I had six hundred and sixty three. Oh, almost nice. Um, I had four hundred and thirty seven. Yeah. Okay, and then I, I do. I, it gets a nice little breakdown of of what sort of ones oh, you have. Damn, so, you had a you had a platinum year, my friend. I did so. Uh, Highest to lowest, 79% were bronze with 524, 15% were silver with 100, 5% were gold with 30, and I 1%, nine platinum trophies in 2021. That is crazy. I had three platinums, 23 gold, 63 silver, and 348 bronze. I will say this. The, my introduction to the PlayStation 5 was also my introduction for my love. It turns out my love for getting platinums it's because of fucking astros play world playroom i did that and i was like okay actually i get it i get why people do this yeah i mean i think it just extends a game enough like to if you really like a game it's worth it specifically if the game is short like just extending that game an extra five hours yeah like miles morales when that happened i really enjoyed playing that game a second time because I, it was so short well like yep. eight hours but it was just short enough to like play it again get to experience it again and be able to get those platinums. I really appreciate them. Yeah, actually I did that miles Morales one, th- that new game plus playthrough, which is required for the platinum, uh, in a single sitting. Cause I was just like, you know what? It's eight o'clock. I'm going to lock this down four hours, skip all the cutscenes, just go through, do all the combat stuff, get that platinum, get mm-hmm. that plat mm-hmm. as we say. Uh, and then on here, it's also like what, uh, p- monthly like PS plus games you grabbed, uh, I got 13. <laughs> so like, oh, wow. You really missed those out, didn't you? Well, I, I just, 
I grab the ones I like, and then the others I just don't care for. I mean, you never know when you're going to want to play um, what games came out this year. Um, um, I mean, like the good ones, you got like you know, Control, two, Ultimate Edition, Final Fantasy Twenty One Golf. Was that one of them? That seems that was silly. one of them. I think Overcooked is on here. Oh yeah, yeah, Overcooked. Uh, my fiance and I played that once, and we realized it was stressful for our relationship. Yeah, I think Elaine and I have talked about it, and I was like, I think we would not do well in this yeah. together. Um, it's just like a do? little too frantic. Yep, a little too much. But hey, uh, if you're interested in in finding yours, uh, just go ahead and Google like PlayStation uh, wrap up, end of the year wrap up, or whatever. Uh, it should come up. I don't know. I always find this information pretty interesting. But that's just me. Let's talk about the news, Justin. What do you think? Let's do it. Well, today, uh, Respawn Entertainment announced that they are working on three new Star Wars games one is the sequel to jedi uh jedi fallen order which we both are fans of uh, and then the other two titles one of them is a first person shooter which they i believe came out ahead and said this is not star wars battlefront 3 uh i have to imagine they've put that franchise to bed following just how abysmal it was re- how abysmally it was received and, and whatnot uh when two came out despite it being able to turn things around and uh really be good and despite the fact that respawn didn't work on it and uh, respawn made battlefield a battlefront game would actually be pretty dope um and then the other the other game is a uh, uh like tactics game i think or or something of that like a strategy game so but it's that's also not being developed first party by respawn it's being developed by a newly formed studio called bit reactor which is being um like overseen by respawn for now and then bench it sounds like they're gonna buy that company i mean but yeah yep what do you think a big that's huge news i think to get like confirmation on this stuff uh, i think is just big i mean this is like kind of an e3 like announcement that they just kind of dropped here for nothing yeah Um, and I'm assuming we'll hear more about this, but I mean, this is precisely the, I think the kind of trickle of, of announcements we're going to get this year. I don't think a lot of companies are going to want to re- uh, announce things too far ahead of time unless they're yeah. sure it's going to come out. Or, you know, in this case, I feel like this is like, hey, we got some good news. It looks like we're going to get a fallen order, too. But also we got some stuff going down the pipe. Um, I also think this seems like something directly related to what EA because uh, isn't EA losing the exclusivity deal with Star Wars? Yes, but it seems like they can still make them as right, they right. are so I'm per- sure showing still right here. Working with them, but I mean, to, for Star Wars to like only limit themselves to EA seems silly. It's foolish, yeah. Um, but this is probably EA probably being like, we got stuff coming, we might lose this, so investors, don't worry, we still have all these Star Wars games coming up. So, um, hey, good and stuff. And it's like... Yo, who are we going to have work on this? Our best studio, Respawn. You know, like that has time and time again proven, hey, we can make a really good game. A re- especially like Jedi Fallen Order, it's great. Uh, they're, all of their first person stuff, either Apex Legends or, um, you know, uh, Titanfall, all of that is so great. And so imagining a Star Wars first person shooter game by Respawn, I, I'm into it. I'm down. Um, yeah, so so no news on this necessarily uh, right now, but I know people are are really ready for that Fallen Order sequel that has not. I mean, it's 
sort of been officially announced with this saying that they're working on it but it's not been like officially like revealed or anything like yeah, that yeah 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 um yeah I, I think there's a lot of ways for that to go because i quite enjoyed it quite and enjoyed i think it. i think uh having a new fallen order uh is potentially awesome uh because i think the first fallen order was right there like it was just a few yeah. things away from being amazing yes um, i agree and i think with more of a development time on this new, like not on in, on the the new game, but like more time to like fix those bugs onto the sequel and make and fix the p- problems with the last one. I think this is going to be an awesome game. Like this is going to go from being a, a mid eighty to higher than that. So I'm super yeah. excited for it. Can I say I hope <laughs> I would love Respawn to do a sequel or just a reboot of The Force Unleashed. Do you know that? Yes. Yes. Um, I love the first that first Force Unleashed game. Uh, it's been a long time since I played it, so it might not hold up that well. Uh, it might not actually be that good. But I just there are some cool moments. Uh, he hops up onto the, he's like on the outside of this like space station, and there's a star destroyer coming at him. And his Ram Koda, his his mentor is like, dude, you got to pull that down. You got to stop that somehow. And he's like, stop it. It's huge. <laughs> and he's like, brother, the Force. It's the force, and you rip a fucking star destroyer out of the sky. That's so <laughs> that dope. <is> awesome. <laughs> yeah, um, but yeah, no. That's uh, I will be excited to see what happens as my 157 hours in Apex Legends proves I am a fan of that studio. Other Star Wars news: Justin Lego Star Wars: The Skywalker Saga finally has a release date. I think it's April something, and um, TT Games released some stuff about it and then it was also shared that by by some people working on the game that the past several months have just been extensive crunch to get this game out which well, is and, yeah what's up and even above that not only the several months like this studio has a culture of crunch in which yeah. they build crunch into their schedule and at a certain point i don't know if that's even crunch anymore that's just like that's like bad, the company's a, a bad that, yeah, work that's like the organizational structure yeah. of it, right? Like, um, and it's like constantly like, all right, Christmas time's coming out. We got to get this game on. Let's work extra it's hours fucked. every day. And uh, so, so there was a feature on Polygon.com uh, titled "Lego Star Wars: The Skywalker Saga Has Led to Extensive Crunch at TT Games" by Jack Yarwood, and it says this. Um, So this is a quotation. It was a very soft-spoken blackmail, one former employee says. If people don't start doing overtime, there's going to be problems, although the problems were never specified. And then it goes on to say, some former staff even came up with a term to describe their experiences at the studio, referring to them as PTTSD. I mean, this sucks. I mean, as we have talked about, this sort of crunch in in the industry just sucks. Uh, And it is a huge problem <laughs> that uh, I don't, I'm not, I'm not in charge of managing people. So hard for me to say if there are simple solutions, I have to imagine because um, it is so rampant in the industry and has been such a problem for such a long time. Solutions are not very simple, but as we sort of just said, I don't know, having <laughs> crunch worked into the schedule <laughs> seems like not the way to go about it you know yeah and and i the thing the thing that that is as someone um who you have helped me get through a massive uh crunch uh uh a job with yeah, uh, a weekend. certain 
Well, no, I mean the um, <laughs> that is that is technically like a like a, a thing, but with um when we had to do that video edit project that you helped me oh, with, yeah, yeah, like last year. that was one of those things that when my so basically we did a we had to edit together a play that we recorded on Zoom, and yep. I, it took so long, and my administration kept pressuring me to get it done. And what ended up happening is between you and me, how many hours did we put into that thing? Like I put like 30 or 40. Right. And I put 30 or 40 too of like not proactive work. And I'm sure like part of it is that I'm not good at this. You're better at this than I am. You're, I would say you are good at this. Oh, thank you. And like with when I was told to do that, I ended up having to put myself in a situation where I already got paid for one thing. And then because the job changed, and what I had to do, none of my management or even myself realized how long that would take me. Um, I didn't get any extra money for that. And it was something that was a significant stress on me. It was yeah. significant stress on, I don't know if it was significant stress on you, but I was stressed for you. No, it's um, good. And um, it was just something that I, I think sometimes people don't, some managers aren't good enough at knowing what, a project is actually going to take. And mm-hmm. I think a lot of smaller studios probably run into this a lot because they don't have the resources to avoid this and they need to hit deadlines more so than big companies in order to have money to pay people. Big companies, however, are not the solution because big companies are more focused on the bottom line and dollars rather than making a good product or helping their employees a lot of the time. Yeah. So it just seems like there's like kind of a two a tale of two things here. I think the TT part of their crunch culture is based around the nature of their games needing to hit deadlines and they're just planning for this. And then for bigger companies when they're causing crunch, um, they just really just don't care if they just fit, fit these deadlines, get it in or we'll hire someone else. Um, both are problematic for different ways. Um, but yeah, no, yeah. I, I completely agree. We're, we're going to circle around back to what you sort big of companies. just said. What's that? <laughs> big companies, yeah, big companies and saying, listen, you're either going to get this done or you're not going to have a job here. Yeah. Right. Uh, we're, we're going to circle back to that in a little bit. Um, yeah, I, I don't have much more else to say about this other than, Hey, it sucks, especially given how, I don't know the, these, Lego games are always so lighthearted and seemingly fun. Uh, so it sucks that that these stories behind their development are so full of um, discomfort and stress and anxiety from all these people. And I mean, even further than that, if they're calling wor- people working there uh, going through PTTSD, um, you have to imagine that it's probably pretty bad, right? Yeah. Yeah. But um, yeah, so that game will be out in April, I think. Uh, I probably won't grab this, but that was before I was hearing about all this crunch stuff. I don't know. The Lego game yeah, I, and, I played when I was younger, but not really. And I don't really uh, have much same same tune, different time. But it's really hard for me not to support the people who put, pour their hearts into this game because their management sucks. Right. Yeah. And, and that's like, the thing, if, right? if if we don't buy a game that is good or not good, if we don't buy this game despite the company, that hurts probably the employees just as much, if not more, than the actual company. So it's just one of those things. I, it's just, I just don't know what the answer is with, with this stuff about how to, how to support these workers. Um, yeah. But. No, that's, that's 100%. Um, and I think, as I'm sure we've said on, on earlier episodes of our show, I think specifically 
uh, when we when we were talking about Activision Blizzard, which again we'll circle around back to in a minute here. Um, it, it, that is the sort of thing that you know you have to figure out for yourself. You can't let other people say you can't let other people say you're a bad person because you bought this game because of whatever. But um, Justin, let's talk about Game Pass real quick before we get into the bigger Microsoft news. So, so many among good other pieces of uh, among other pieces of information, uh, how do you say? doled out over the past week or so um microsoft has revealed that xbox game pass the service has over 25 million subscribers that's a lot of people now Mm -hmm. i don't know if that i don't think it it seems as if they've given a breakdown as to if those are all game pass ultimate subscribers or just game pass subscribers um but either way that is a significant amount of of uh, you know, Xbox users, Xbox owners having Game Pass. What do you think about all that? I That's awesome. I mean, why would you not have more? Like, I, I mean, more is the wrong word. I mean, I I still, in my brain, um, wonder how profitable this is. Like, ultimately. Oof, I mean, at $25 million? Because I'm assuming, like, each one of these deals is not a cheap deal, right? Like, we're probably talking about there's probably a certain percentage that is just a base lump sum per download sum. There has to be something in here for these companies. Um, but I think a $7 million growth in one year is huge. Uh, I think it's more than $7 million. It's um, – so it, – it, Oh yes, you're right. You're right. You're right. Because it was 18 million from last yeah. year. I read that. Yeah, wrong. I mean, you're right. Like that, yeah. That's absolutely like a huge jump in one year. And what a great year last year was for Game Pass. And not that it wasn't good before, but I really feel like we have games such as the Medium, Halo. <laughs> they kicked it in, the right? Medium. Forza. Uh, Forza. The Medium. It's a great one. The Ascent. The Medium. The medium um, all sorts of stuff. Uh, for for reference, by the way, I mean, you, you ask about how profitable it can really be. Uh, just. Let's assume because Game Pass itself, not Ultimate. Game Pass is what ten dollars a month. Is that correct? Uh, I think so. Um, and then Ultimate is fifteen. Yeah. So let's say that uh, that those twenty five million subscribers uh, just had regular Game Pass, didn't even have Ultimate. Uh, every month Microsoft is raking in two hundred fifty million dollars, a quarter of a billion dollars every month off of Game Pass. So, I. I don't know what those deals are for those Game Pass exclusive or not exclusives, but those, you know, day one Game Pass titles are, uh, especially when you have some of the bigger ones like your Outriders and I mean, Rainbow Six Extraction and whatever else that that aren't owned by uh, Microsoft. But if you're making twenty five, two hundred fifty million dollars a month off of these subscribers minimum, I think no price might be too small <laughs> or too big. Um but I also don't know the exact details of all that. But also, so I mean, and this is this is why where it gets kind of tricky because I don't know how much they're paying these companies. So I Death's Door is new to um uh to Game Pass, right? Yeah. And I typed in um uh how uh many copies of Death's Door was sold, um, and it came up to a hundred thousand units. Okay. Um. By the way, I was typing in how much Death Door is costing into Google. 
um, and I accidentally typed in how much is death, and I got some numbers on oh, how no. much death is. So yeah. anyway, never mind about the cost of dying. The cost of death door is $20, 100,000 copies, $2 million. Yep, made for whatever that studio is, Titanfall. Right, made Titan for that studio. Souls. So yeah. the, the $2 million, and that's if they sold them at full price. Yep. So what, if you're thinking about how much they are probably paying them, for how long they're paying them, they have to probably account some of that sales data in there. Again, I don't have the spreadsheet in front of me. I would love to because this is one of the most fascinating things in my in my brain. Um, but the better the value, the more good games, the more first party A plus triple A quality games that get onto Game Pass, you would have to think that's eventually going to either make it something that we're losing that, that, that Xbox is losing profit on, or it's something that um, Game Pass is going to have to go up in price to be something that could potentially be more and more in order for them to keep making more money. Because I, again, I don't think most of these these uh, hardware companies make money on their consoles, at least right. a significant amount. Right. Um, so I don't know. It, it's just one of those interesting things to me when you see these numbers. Yes, a quarter of a billion dollars looks significant, but running game pass must also be yeah expensive yeah. and paying the, getting those deals of, of what's going to be coming and i mean right. like as you said the fucking lineup for 2021 was like insane psychonauts too yeah i mean, I I mean that e one the medium even removes even removed from the first party ones i mean you still have the medium and the ascent <laughs> i mean like it was it was back for blood you know packed full of of great stuff outriders uh i could go on um the medium <laughs> and <laughs> but uh uh like even from there like that's crazy and so yes you are right that that those deals are probably costing quite a bit of money but um i don't know i think that it is extremely enticing for anyone who owns the console right or owns a pc even um I was talking to a friend and I was like, do you have game? Pa he, he's a big PC gamer. Uh, and I was like, do you have game pass? And he's like, yeah, I have game. Pass." And I, like, he never struck me as someone who would be interested in that. But the fact that it's on PC and it's such a great deal, like, yeah, you got to grab that. So, um, kind of wild, kind yeah. of wild. Uh, but I think Microsoft is making a decent amount of money. And the reason I say that? that is because it did purchase Activision Blizzard for, uh, sixty-eight billion dollars. They were one billion away, and it wasn't even that much. It was like sixty-eight point seven or something like that. Yeah, so they could have just rounded that up for me. Might as well, right? Might as well. I mean, I do you think that conversation happened? It's like with it's like with um the Warby Parker glasses. They wanted to make them really cheap, but then they decided that if it was too cheap, it would seem like it wasn't a quality product. Yeah, so they yeah, raised yeah. the price just so it would seem like a quality item, which. Uh, you know, well, half a billion more, quarter of a billion more. I mean, what, whatever. Yeah, half, yeah. A, half, a, half a million. Come on, what is that to Microsoft? Trump change? Make it Trump, half a million. Apparently, half a million like that with Game Pass. Thank you very much. <laughs> um, but wow, a move I did not see coming. Uh, generally, Justin, I want to know when you saw this news, what were your thoughts? about that uh and and real quick for those who don't know in case you're not familiar activision blizzard uh is the owner and creator of such ips as call of duty overwatch diablo 
Crash Bandicoot. Um, uh, World of Warcraft. Can't believe I forgot that one. Um, <laughs> I think Spyro the Dragon, Guitar Hero, all sorts of crazy, crazy popular uh, franchises. Some still popular, some popular in the past. Um, but that's who Activision Blizzard is. And they've also, as we've covered on our show, been the, uh, how do you even say that? Have been sued by the state of California for some pretty uh, vile and, and horrific uh, workplace culture issues involving discrimination and sexism and misogyny and, and all sorts of stuff like that and abuse and, and whatnot. But you read this news, Justin, on whatever day that was, like Tuesday. What are you thinking? I'm thinking, holy crud. That <laughs> yeah. is a lot of money. That's a lot of um, money. And I think this go this what a perfect transition in from what we were just talking about with Game Pass subscribers. Uh, because can you, like, I am someone who has fallen off a of Call of Duty, the the multiplayer of it, the, the single-player campaigns. Yeah. Because I don't find that $60 buying it right when it comes out is really worth it. And those games barely go down in price throughout the year. Yeah. So now, if this stuff gets on Game Pass, which I, I would make an assumption it probably will be. Yeah, I want I want to circle back to that so we can talk yeah. a little more but about like, that. But now yeah. all this stuff is going to come to Game Pass, and it just my first thought was, "Holy shit, Game Pass is amazing!" Right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like it's just added again. I thought it couldn't get better with Bethesda when you get all those games in there. Now we yeah. get all these other types of games. Now, granted, a lot of these games aren't my first go-to kind of video games that I like. I mean, I'm a Sony fan. Not because I like the way the PlayStation 5 looks on my media center. I like it because of the games, Yeah, for the most part. Um, I feel like, for me, as if I'm being a fanboy, the Bethesda one hurt a little bit more for no reason other than me being a fanboy. This one's just like kind of like, oh, that's amazing. Yeah. Um, but... Like, this is a huge deal. I mean, Bethesda was how many billion for, for, for them like to buy? 12. 12. Max, or maybe is, it was seven. Seems crazy when you're thinking about that. And then you, like, so it make it. Well, it was seven. 7.8, yeah. And now you make the, make this deal for that much, and that's how much this company is worth? I mean, that's the thing, right? We, we look back at that deal. Seven billion dollars. An unfathomable amount of money. Right. Now it seems like nothing. And then... Two weeks ago, who was it? Uh, uh, take two, but was it take two? Buys mm-hmm. what were they called? Zynga mm-hmm. for 12, 12 billion dollars, and and that was the most expensive acquisition in gaming. Mm-hmm. And then it's not even like it would be an understatement to say that Microsoft eclipsed that. It like, I, I mean, it is it absolutely overturned how much right. money anyone could possibly think about uh, spending in for video in video games. Right. Um, Sixty eight billion, almost 70 billion dollars. That's insane. That's that's insane. Um, and a lot of questions have sort of risen up about why this might have happened. One and two, um, as we've said, Activision Blizzard has been in the spotlight for these for these lawsuits and abuses specifically um a lot of people are still very angry with bobby kodak the uh current ceo of the companies because he has known about these uh abuses for years has done nothing and has been it seems like an active participant in some of them in some form or another 
Um, and a lot of people, when this news came out, uh, they also they also sort of said Bobby Kotick is still CEO of Activision. And a lot of people were like, I can't believe they're not firing them. I can't believe they're not firing him. Uh, in the following days since, it has sort of come to light that it seems as if he's going to be stepping down or or resigning or what when it the deal actually goes through. But it's kind of wild. I mean, I I, I, I hope that I hope that he's gone as soon as possible. I hope that there's a lot of people at that company who are gone because just kicking one guy out at the top is not going to fix that culture's company. Uh, excuse me, that company's culture, right? Mm-mm-mm. Um, but I, it was kind of weird because I was like, do. You, do we not know how acquisitions work? Like Microsoft doesn't own Activision Blizzard yet. And and if they want to fire this guy, they literally can't, first of all. And second of all, if they want to fire him, I don't think you can say that before you buy the before like the ink dries on, on you purchasing the company, right? Right. Because ultimately, who is signing that deal? The CEO. Right. right. So like, I'm sure. The firing was not the word that was used. I'm sure and in the, the agreement, it was kind of talked about about what's going to happen afterwards. Yes. Because there's no way either side would have agreed to just keep things status quo. Correct. Because also right? uh, Phil Spencer has gone on to say, as there have been many interviews and, and things like that since this, uh, he believes that they can fix the company culture at Activision Blizzard. We'll see. We'll see how that goes. Uh, I don't know. But... They, they seem to believe that they can, and I simply don't see a future of that happening if Bobby Kotick is there. Yeah. Right? Ab- absolutely, yeah. Among other um, people, but... I think I think that's a scary... Uh, I mean... It's a scary thing to say. Um, Which part? The, the about, like, fixing the culture, because, like, sometimes this stuff is, like, so ingrained in these companies. <laughs> I <laughs> like, mean, you look at... Uh, no, I'm not I'm not comparing these two things in that what I'm trying to say is you look at things like let's say the United States court system and you can't necessarily change it by just putting different people in charge because at its core, you know, our 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 prison system is built to around the oppression of of minorities, right? Specifically like black men. Can't really change that. By just putting new people in. It's at the core yep. of it. So you look yep. at the company of Activision Blizzard. I don't know what that company is like. I don't know uh, what it's like internally. I don't know what it was like when it was built and founded and those systems were put in place. But you got to think about like <laughs> fixing that is going to be a Herculean task. Mm-hmm. You hope that they can do it, but go on. Yeah, I mean, I... I... <laughs> I Again, I'm not a business person. I don't pretend to be a business person, but part of the reason Microsoft bought this is because they have the idea of, of seeing profit in it, right? I, I think you don't spend $70 billion just to spend it, right? Like Correct. There's, they are looking to, to make some money off Correct. of this. Right, right, right. So you have, um, you're, you're looking for profit, and if you just go into this company and you blow it up from the bottom, right? And it's like, we have the Call of Duty name now. We have this stuff now. We have this stuff now. We have King. We have all this kind of stuff. Like, that is, not only is $68 billion expensive, losing profit from any kind of halt in sales can be a a, a lot of money. And also, corporate restructure on this scale is not a cheap thing. Right. So, you would have to assume 
that Microsoft thought about these questions because they're smarter and much more successful than I am as a human being. <laughs> so hopefully they have a, a plan in place to do this, but it can't be cheap. And I know Microsoft is not just doing this to be the white horse to save video games. They're doing right. this to make money. Yeah. Um, and because, uh, as they always say on Shark Tank, money speaks. Uh, <laughs> so they... There's a pl- there has to be a plan in place, but it can't be easy or or cheap. And right. uh, I think if this is what it takes to get rid of someone as powerful and as bad as Bobby Kotick, cool. Yeah. Um, one of the articles I saw that was uh kind of like bouncing around, or one of the headlines, uh, was about uh how Bobby Kotick wanted to buy some magazines in order yes. to um fix Change the PR yeah. on Activision Blizzard. Which, again, that is someone who has a lot of power who is trying to fix their narrative by buying media outlets. I mean, this sounds like every kind of, like, governmental body that I can think of trying to, like, make the narrative pro them. Um, That's and like, it's just funny. It's just... Uh, it's it's so ludicrous because it sounds like such a supervillain move. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> like okay, so also the, the two... Um, uh, uh, publications that Bobby Kotick was interested in buying. Um, one of them is is hilarious in my opinion. You got PC Gamer, which um, is is huge, and then you have Kotaku, which of all of the websites, I mean, I, I know that Kotaku has had some beef with its upper management and not it's not the like editorial staff, but the um, its owners in the past. But I don't think Kotaku is the right move if you're looking to like make your own sort of propaganda <laughs> because they're yeah, not right. They're not the people who are going to just sort of take that and, and think that's fine. You know what I mean? Not that PC gamer is, but um, Kotaku is not like passively accepting act would be like passively a- accepting an acquisition by Activision for the simple goal of changing the public image. Right. right. Like that just seems so backwards. Yeah. Yeah, it, it, it's it's pretty wild. Um, and, and what's so what's so crazy about this is there's so many different layers to it, right? Obviously, as we've discussed, there are the business sides side of it where Microsoft didn't spend seventy billion dollars to go into this company without a plan, right? To to go in and say, well, we're just going to buy this, and we'll see what we'll see what happens with these billion dollar franchises and and whatnot between call of duty world of warcraft overwatch and diablo right and that's just a yeah. few um but then the the other sort of side of it is um when you look at the relationship to these games and other platforms overwatch is on playstation it's on a uh, switch World of Warcraft, I think, is PC exclusive, so that doesn't really matter in this conversation. Uh, Call of Duty is huge with PlayStation. You know, they have their uh, exclusivity deal in terms of its marketing, um, which I have to imagine is going to be stopping at some point. Spencer has said we're, we are going to continue to honor those contracts that have been signed in the same way that they did with Bethesda with um, Deathloop and Ghostwire Tokyo, you know, releasing as PlayStation five exclusives before eventually coming to Xbox platforms. Um, Do you think Justin Makovich that Blizzard's IPs are going to become Xbox exclusives? Yes. And no. Um, Okay. And I think that the easiest place to look at that is um, 
Minecraft. Uh, when they when they bought Mojang mm-hmm. or Mojang Mojang Mo- Mojang, I think I've always called him Mojang, but well, I like when they all bought the when they said. bought Kitty Bojangles, when they bought that, um, <laughs> great, yes. they kept it on everything because that would have limited the the income source significantly enough to impact the bottom yeah. line of that acquisition. Just like I said before, like Microsoft isn't going to come in here to lose money, and right. I'm sorry, selling more Xboxes at a certain point isn't microsoft's number one plan no they're now their new plan is to sell as many copies not only of game pass as many copies of call of duty as they possibly can sure to make sure that they have as many uh, areas of revenue as they possibly can um so i i think if if i'm sure things will be exclusive to xbox that has to happen but when we're thinking about the greater market of things the more things they get it on, the more money they make. Ignoring PlayStation ignores income. Yeah. Um, but again, that doesn't mean that that is what they're going to do with every case. It's going to be one of those things like Starfield, Xbox exclusive, um, Elder Scrolls, whatever, probably going to be Xbox exclusive. Maybe. Seems that way. Who knows? Yeah. I mean, that would make sense. Um, but when it comes to like bigger things, like they're they're going to try to put it out there in as many places as possible. And mm-hmm. right now... Um, they have, you know, maybe they'll do a, like a slow trickle down to make it less focused, like Call of Duty less focused on Sony. But right now they're making a lot of money from the Call of Duty uh, yeah. Sony relationship. And it might be a phase out to eventually focus still on Xbox. But I I don't know. I, I think there are ways to do this that gives the Xboxes, the Xbox the exclusives it wants while also keeping call of duty in as many places as possible and i think from a business perspective it makes sense that they would flirt with that line back and forth so yeah no i i think that makes a lot of sense because i think i think people have been comparing this acquisition to the uh zenimax acquisition which makes sense they are they are similar right um but you know bethesda and and the other zenimax studios don't make these live service titles you know or even these you know, massive multiplayer titles. Um, so it's hard for me to compare exclusivity of Starfield to the new Call of Duty game, right? Mm-hmm. Because it, it exactly what you said. I mean, people are going to be playing that for a really long time. Not that they're not going to be playing Starfield for a really long time, but Starfield, I'm going to have to imagine you buy once or you get on Game Pass, but you know, you put you buy once and then you that's how much money you spent on it. Right. Right. With, with Call of Duty, you buy once and then, well, I'm going to pay $5 for, you know, XP boosts or I, I don't know what you spend money on at Call of Duty anymore. Uh, you can, you can play as, uh, uh, the ghost from Donnie Darko, uh, or not the ghost, the bunny suit, right? Like whatever, but th- that's Warzone. You know what the fuck I mean? Um, yeah. <laughs> like I, I think you're totally right is what I'm trying to say in that they are, if they take these titles and make them at like, exclusives capital e exclusives they are going to be losing out on a lot that said similar to bethesda back then we said you don't spend seven billion dollars to let playstation have starfield i think you don't spend 70 billion 70 billion dollars to also let them have everything but when are we looking at it as Microsoft as the company versus Xbox the product? You know what I mean? Because I think this this is one of those acquisitions that at a certain point is probably bigger than just Xbox. This is a Microsoft yeah. acquisition. Correct. Yes. Um, 
And, you know, if, if we're, we're even thinking about going back to Sony being friendly with people, Sony pimping out Spider-Man to make money basically from Marvel for doing nothing. Yep, just to let him be in there. Right. That's all that they're getting money for doing. Like, I, 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 I would assume there's a way to do this strategically. I got a question for you, Justin. Since we're talking about Game Pass, uh, Phil Spencer, earlier this year, I guess in 2021, at one point said, yo, we approached Nintendo and PlayStation and Sony about putting Game Pass on those consoles, and they were not interested. You said Nintendo and Sony? Correct. What do you think? Do you think this changes that? I don't think it changes it for Nintendo, because Nintendo has enough going on that they are not going to really feel this a hit if like let's say let's say all of those games become exclusive titles uh i don't think nintendo's going to really get hit all that hard because i mean overwatch is on there diablo's on there uh crash is on there but like those aren't the big sellers for nintendo right um sony however if, if xbox were to say you know you can uh 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 hey Call of Duty is going to be an Xbox Game Pass exclusive. And if you want, you can have Game Pass on your consoles. But here's, you know, we've got to work out a deal with that. Do you think that moves it? Do you think that might move it? What what, uh, what, what do they say on Shark Tank? What what talks? I, I assume money. Money would, talks, yeah. right? So with, with the idea of money talking in this situation, Sony would only do this if it's financially beneficial for them to do so. And yep. right now, one of Sony's greatest assets is PlayStation. Um, and I think that's different for Microsoft, right? Like, Correct. Xbox is slowly starting to get a lot more market share and everything. But it's always seemed like even from back in the days of the 360 and the Red Ring of Death that Xbox is like Microsoft's fun project. Right. right? It's, a, it's sort of like a separate thing than their whole brand, whereas Sony is exactly. like, please play spider-man <laughs> so i'm sure this is probably how the conversation went microsoft goes hey sony do you want game pass on your system sony's like how much would it cost or how much would we get and sony and microsoft probably said well probably nothing <laughs> <laughs> yeah right you know right. like and and eventually the bigger microsoft gets the more it gets on game pass eventually that's going to be uh we're listening right yeah i don't i, I think it would be foolish um, to 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 not listen to those those inquiries, um, but yeah, I think I think Nintendo is a different situation because Nintendo and I, this goes back to I, I, again I highly recommend reading Ask Awada because you really get an inside mm, look mm-hmm. at the kind of mindset for a company like Nintendo and what they do. Nintendo's a toy company. Nintendo is going to make their products, have fun with their toys, experiment with new ways to play games. Their, their goal isn't necessarily to be the biggest video game system in the world. In fact, if anything, um, Nintendo is, is starting to move into the media side of things much more than they did before, you know, with theme parks and movies yeah. and things like that. So they're clearly on a different strategy path than you know, with video games, and they've always been on a different video game path than the other companies. But yeah. um, I, I do think it could be something that eventually... Xbox is not just making a, a, a console anymore because I think I mentioned earlier on this podcast that, that that's not where they make the money. They make the money on selling games. And if Microsoft yeah. can essentially be like, well, we're not going to have to make an Xbox anymore. Xbox is everywhere. Well, I mean, at a certain point, you just make a TV app, right? Mm-hmm. 
and and all you need to do is have a controller and make sure that it can pair to your TV, and then you got xCloud on there, or even you know a, a different form of Xbox Game Pass. I mean, probably not because you'd have to download, you'd have to have like a hard drive on that TV. But stream cloud I mean, streaming. streaming, it's not perfect yeah. yet, but eventually, yeah, um, right. Uh, you do that on any any platform, anything with a screen that connects to the internet, and there you go. Um, I mean, you can even see like the Xbox Series S is basically a Game Pass machine. Mm-hmm. In ten years, if if they can figure out a way to make that much smaller, the size of a cable box, and way cheaper to to purchase, and you just throw that, and and it just becomes a staple of people buying TVs. Oh well, you got to have the Game Pass machine, or you know whatever. Yeah, I, I think that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, um, and I I really think it's it's like. Sony is playing checkers while Microsoft is playing chess. Yeah. They and and they have the ability to do that because again, Xbox is Microsoft's fun little project that eventually could be the biggest thing in video games. Um and I understand why people get defensive and uh uh they they start to, you know, get on teams for their different systems and everything. Mm. Ultimately, why am I a Sony fanboy? It's because I like the games on it. Those yeah. are the games I play. And the second I have more of a reason to games that I like to play start coming to Xbox, good quality games, these constant nines and tens. I mean, I, I'm not that stupid of a gamer to be like, well, I can't play those games because they're on Xbox. Right. You know, like I think that that's still a sad argument. And I think the easier it is for people to play games, the better it is for video games. Yeah, I agree. I 100% agree. You know, okay, so you say... PlayStation is playing checkers. Xbox is playing chess. Nintendo's just rolling around some marbles. <laughs> 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 the idea of, of, of Game Pass on the Switch, though, I think is so dope. I, I Okay, follow-up question to this. I, Justin, I think these conversations are so much like more interesting than, like, so which games will be exclusive? Because, like, I, I don't know. I like thinking about, like, the industry side of it, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so there is this rumored Project Spartacus by uh, for PlayStation, right? Which, if you're not familiar, dear listener, we have a whole episode about it. But it's essentially PlayStation's Game Pass um, that would include older titles and and uh, lump in PS Now, and it would be like a tiered system, the whole shebang. What? Um, okay, so if they are working on this Project Spartacus thing, do you think? that that would kill any enthusiasm that it would that Sony would potentially have for bringing um Game Pass to to PlayStation consoles. Peter, I'm going to paste something into the chat. I don't know if you got that right now. Yeah, you've got so we got Charlie Day obviously um losing his mind in the basement of I don't watch it's always sunny in Philadelphia, but um Yes, he's got his little red strings and corkboard. I have a revelation. I have oh a conspiracy theory, and it has nothing to do with Blue Box Game Studios. Oh, finally. The what, first one, yeah. What is Microsoft's biggest property? Uh, with the well, Halo? Well, yeah, okay. What Microsoft is known for Halo, right? Yeah, okay. Sorry. What is Master Chief? Spartan. Holy shit. What? <laughs> Project Spartacus <laughs> is Game Pass. <laughs> huh? That's actually... <laughs> that's actually... Justin, you could probably actually make a very solid argument that that's what that is. Yeah! 
That's ridiculous, and I love it. I, you I know love what? it. We're going to go with it. It's, it's my new conspiracy theory. Blue Box Game Studios, your old news. Oh, my You're gosh. just a dysfunctional video game developer that I really hope um, uh, Microsoft just buys right out of Sony. <laughs> that's so fucking funny. Yeah. No, that's actually not, not a horrible connection. Um, but not horrible. Yeah. I'll take it. <laughs> that, that, that's that's fair. That's fair. Um, wow. Yeah. No. Th- th- I mean, this whole thing is just it's it is pretty crazy. Um, it is a considerable amount of money, mm-hmm. and uh, what I think it is kind of cool is that it does show that Microsoft is interested in investing in video games. Uh, I, I mean, they've they've made that clear for a while, but I think. Sixty-eight billion dollars is um, a really clear message saying we believe in this. We are going to back this. What's good, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, I, I mean, what, I, I'm trying to think. There are so many layers to this, so so I'm. You'll forgive me if I'm missing any. What uh, What else you got on this? Anything? Um. So I mean, a lot of this stuff I think is 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 uh, just pretty interesting with. I think one of the things that I'm annoyed by is when people are saying this becomes a monopoly. Um, sure, yeah. And so uh, this is an article from PC Gamer, the company that Bobby Kotick wanted to buy. Here's everything <laughs> that's happened since Microsoft a- acquired um, uh, a Blizzard. And it says, uh, when we're talking about, there's a section that says, Will the, acquisition, will the acquisition meet regulatory approval? It looks that way. The scope of the deal means it will be scrutinized carefully by regulatory bodies and approved approval is not a done deal. That said, the general feeling is that it will be given the green light. Antitrust issues typically arise with horizontal mergers where a company acquires a competitor as these mergers limit competition in that particular market. For example, Microsoft buying Sony, attorney Kellen Voyer, founder of Voyer Law, told PC Gamer, Vertical mergers were a company purchase where a company purchases a downstream company that provides a different function, such as one of its suppliers, may also attract antitrust review. But the anti-competitive nature of the transaction is not as clear, and there's a better chance of passing review on this basis. Um, so I think that is pretty interesting, and they go on to say there might be a little bit of drama with this whole process, but nothing that is ultimately going to get in the way of it, because this really isn't monopolizing video games. It is taking a company that is having some dysfunction, it's taking a big company, and a bigger company, Microsoft, is buying this company. Yeah, And I think people worry about the consolidation of video games, but I think this goes back to what I was talking about. Having a big company, functional company like Microsoft behind you and backing your studios is only going to make video games a better place to work and a better place to be um because activision blizzard dysfunction and that's a huge chunk of the video game industry and if we can fix that and make video games better for those developers i think that is a good thing consolidation for this kind of good yeah well and and i mean to the point of of what you just read, like there are other people who get to make video games still, you know, and there are other console manufacturers and and all that sort of stuff. Um, so so yes, this is a big acquisition, and yes, this is a big acquisition followed by another big acquisition from the company last year. But at the end of the day, 
this is not like necessarily going to really change the market in any way um, other than what we've sort of talked about with with Game Pass and expanding that. Um, but it's it's not like putting a chokehold on on right. anyone, at, le- at least on the surface to me. Uh, and I also don't think that Microsoft would spend that would would go public about spending that sort of money if they didn't think that it would be able to get passed, you know? Yeah. Absolutely. So again, I, I think this is something that is is good for Activision Blizzard yeah. and the future of that company. I think it's good for Microsoft and the future of their company. I don't think it's a bad thing and I don't think it's anything that necessarily impacts Sony right now. Mm-hmm. But I think it is that idea that Xbox made a move, not just a move to take games away from Sony. Xbox is making moves to change the industry. Yeah. And Sony is either going to have to make their own moves to change what the industry looks like, which I don't know what that would look like because I don't have this kind of vision about cloud gaming, streaming, Game Pass kind of stuff. Right. And I don't think Sony has to go and buy more companies to match this. Like I that's agree. not that's not what this is all about. Sony will keep making good games. They'll keep having money to make good games. People still want to buy their games. Um, eventually, we eventually maybe more Xboxes are sold than Sony. Oh well. Well, it, it, exactly what you're saying. I mean, it's not as if Sony hasn't been buying companies. Sony bought Blue Box and um, Housemark. <laughs> no, not Blue Box. Uh, fuck. <laughs> Blue Point. <laughs> Blue Point. The, the yeah 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 uh, and and. <laughs> House Mark and yeah. didn't they buy something else as well? I mean, like they have plenty of of titles for them, and I think that the kinds of studios that Sony owns are very different than the kinds of studios that Xbox owns, and I don't think that's bad. I just think it's two different flavors of ice cream. Right. You know right. what I mean? And, uh, and and I think too, even like with again, eventually Xbox is you know I think people who have an Xbox One have maybe a lessened experience in a Series X, but you still have most of the stuff that you'd want from the Series X that you can still play on your Xbox One, on your my PC, older brother, on your whatever. My older brother has an Xbox One, I think fucking launch edition, <laughs> right? And uh, we send clips of, of our of our Halo highlights to you to one another. And, you know, he says, like, yours just looks really smooth and good, but I'm still playing Halo, you know? Yeah. <laughs> like, it's yeah, the same right. thing. It's just... It's just the fidelity is a little bit different, but at the end of the day, you send him cyberpunk screenshots and it just blows up his Xbox. (laughs) Yeah. And I say, LOL, I can play this. You can't. I hope you enjoy not playing this 40 hour. All right game. (laughs) I think that's a great way of putting cyberpunk. Yeah. Just 40 hours. And it was all right. All right. (laughs) Well, Hey, thank you listener so much for listening to us uh talk some shop talk some big gaming business uh if you have any thoughts about any of this whether that is star wars at respawn lego star wars at tt games or any of this microsoft activision blizzard uh any any of this i I would truly love to hear what you all think um you can reach us at hitbox official podcast on twitter.com you can dm us Tweet at us, follow us, whatever you like, or you can send us an email at hitboxofficialpodcast at gmail.com. You're listening to this on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, whatever uh, your platform of choice is. Go ahead and give us a follow there. If you've got the ability, leave us a review on Spotify. Uh, give us give us a, a little ranking. That 
is it takes two seconds and it really, really does uh, change things for us. So that would be appreciated. Am I missing anything, Justin? Uh, no, I, I think I think uh, you everyone listening should watch out because you're going to knock on the door and it's going to be good old Phil Spencer. He's going to give you a bag of money and take everything you own. And you know what? He seems like a like he seems like a nice guy. He like I, I don't know him personally, but he seems like a kind of charming fellow. Yeah. To the point where like I couldn't even be mad, really. You know, I'd be like, okay, yeah, you sure. Like, yeah, you I mean, like this bag fun. of money is heavy enough that I, I'm sure it's fine. Um, just a quick note: whoever is he is great at PR. I don't know if he has a guy. He's just absolutely so good, good at, at PR. It. Yeah, he is so good at this. I I am. I am struggling to think of a time when everyone's like, man, man, Phil Spencer messed up on this one. I mean, he's been dunking since he got to Xbox. Yes, which is, I think, interesting as it is 100% sort of the opposite with Jim Ryan. Sort of whenever he shows up on screen at these Sony presentations, like he doesn't necessarily do a bad job, but usually it's kind of like fine, you know, Where, but Phil Spencer yeah, just, just seems like he does... He's, I mean, he's just really good with the PR stuff. Yo, question. Do you, um, and then I swear we'll end the show. How big do you think $68 billion is in cash? That's got to be huge, right? Like, let's say it's all $100 bills. That's going to be like trucks. I do have a, a dream in my life, and it's to swim in money. Yeah, you can swim in that. No problem. Yeah, probably. I, I might drown in it because I can't swim in the best of times, and I would assume yeah. it's harder to breathe. Or maybe it's like, uh, do you remember in Breaking Bad when the two bodyguards, yeah, like look at e- look at each other, and like, all right, and they like flop down on the money, yeah, yeah. yeah. Anyway, yeah. hey, thanks so much for listening. Uh, we will catch you next week. Always remember, old games are old. Later. Bye. I'll stop recording. <laughs> <laughs>